It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for joining me. I'm Connor Donnelly, and I'm joined by Brendan McTaggart and also David Moen. Lads, how's it going with both of you? Oh, well, Connor. Great to be here. Looking forward to another Antrim, uh, Antrim game uh, coming up in the Joe McDonough Cup final. Brendan, you were saying before your claim to fame, you've been, you've been to all the games this year that Antrim have played with a big gap yeah. in the middle. Um, I suppose you'll be making the one last one of the year. That's it. That's what the plan is, anyway, Connor. <laughs> To, to take a brief man to stop me from going down to a partner. <laughs> on the um on the final, then I suppose something, and you're you're in a pretty good position yourself, Brendan. Where but you know, Antrim, this will be the fourth time they've played Kerry this year. You know, which is a bit <laughs> unprecedented, really. And you've seen the previous three encounters now. I would probably say the ones before the break probably aren't really as relevant now. But um, what do you think? What have you learned from Kerry in those there in those there fixtures? I know particularly the league game down in there, I think Kerry were short a few players on that occasion, but it's been pretty close in, on occasion since then. It has. Um, before lockdown, you can't really read too much into the performances against Kerry. Uh, yeah, they were missing a, a fair amount um, down in Chile. Uh, Andrew won, I think, six, seven points to spare in the end and quite comfortably after a kind of shaky start. Um, the, the league final, um, yeah, they won um, three, four points. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but I can remember thinking that the scoreboard, you know, probably flowered Kerry slightly. So that um, Andrew played really well. Um, what did we learn from Kerry? We learned that, uh, that they could go up a gear from, obviously, with more players under just from the, the match centrally. Um, then the encounter in Corrigan Park, um, again, Kerry brought something different again. Uh, Kerry have probably improved every time Antrim have played them. Um, and I would imagine that, that they'll improve again. 
Yeah, and um, David, from your perspective, then Kerry, you know, or you know, even in recent years, you know, Kerry have beaten Antrim down in Cushendall, I think it was, in the in the Joe McDonough before and all too. So there is there is that potential that it can go either way. And Kerry really as a as a hurling as a hurling county is really coming on. And you look at their their victories this year, and you know they're be, they're beating teams that traditionally were up playing Lee McCarthy a couple of years ago. So there is a great threat there for Antrim. Oh, absolutely. Um... Shane Conway, I suppose, is their, their mark yeah. forward. And I think he was described as the messy of hurling after his exploits <laughs> at Skibbon Cup a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if he's quite that good, but he is he's a huge, huge threat. How good is messy at hurling, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not be true. <laughs> um, but no, Conway is he's, he's obviously a talisman. That pocket of North Kerry, it, it's quite strong with hurling. I remember a couple, I, was, I think we're going back to maybe like 2014, maybe. Andrew, or 2015, Antrim were relegated out of the um, Leinster Round Robin. And uh, was Kerry, sorry, it was the league actually that year. Kerry knocked us out in Parnell Park. And that was really the start of a bit of a yeah, renaissance yeah. of Kerry hurling, really. You know, when they've, they seem to get stronger all the time. They beat us in the league game at Corrigan Park last year. Um, you mentioned they gave up in Cushendall and the McDonough, the inaugural McDonough in 2018. Then I suppose Antrim have had their wins over Kerry too. Uh, you think back, of course, this year. But last year, the first game in the McDonough Cup had a pretty... A pretty big win in Dunloy too. So, you know, this is a game where both teams will probably feel that they have the winning of it, you know? Yeah, and, and I think just looking at it, like, you know, Kerry have probably improved as it's went too, and they probably relish, Brendan, this chance to get a crack at um, Antrim. They've played them everywhere, you know, they've played them in Tralee, they've um, they've played them in Corrigan, and now they're getting to play them in the big open pitch there, Crook Park as well. So different setting, but, um, you know, potential new threats. Oh, no, absolutely. Look, it makes no mistake about it, Kerry's a very good side so they are, Antrim have had to play very well to, to beat them the three times this year um, but both sides know each other inside out at this point, so they do, you know I, I can't imagine Kerry will bring anything different to what Antrim have faced this year already Yeah, and in, in terms of the I suppose the difference in personnel like, you know, Brendan, who Antrim have um, been playing and I think there's probably you know, the strength and depth of the Antrim squad this year has been talked about and is really, really highlighted in that first opening game against Westmeath. Um, obviously, they were down a few players um, from the league final of the week before and then obviously probably putting their best performance of the year. Um, what, what, what do you think of that there? Like, you know, what Antrim are showing a wee bit different this year, their their squad depth and the lads who are coming into the team and keeping their places now? No, absolutely. That, that game against Westmeath has been pivotal. So I know it's the first match in, in this McDonough Cup competition this year, but we came into that uh, off the back of a good one against Kerry in the league final, obviously, but obviously there was guys that had to drop off, drop out with COVID and that there, but there was players come in. Um, we Clark, Kieran Clark, that was brilliant that day. Um, Dan McCluskey came in. You know, that, that's two guys who came in that day and, you know, the, they've solidified their places in the team. So they have. Um, but I, I think it was the fact that in years gone by, Antrim, you know, if they'd lost four or five from their starting 15, their heads would have dropped even before going into a, a match of that magnitude against Westmeath. But it just showed that the strength was there, that the belief was there within the squad that they could go out and do a job against. Yeah, Westmeath weren't great on the day, but that's a team that have caused Antrim plenty of problems this year. And I think that, that the fact they were able to go out there and do that has given them the belief this year to kick on. 
Yeah, and David's the goals really, isn't it, for Antrim this year have been a, such a standout, and they've really went for it. Um, I think they've, they've got 14 goals in four games in the in the Joe McDonough this year, and they had nine in the first two games. Uh, you know, home to Westmeath and away to Carlo. Um, it's probably there. There seems to be a change of, um, I suppose, target for the team. That look, if the goal is even slightly on, they're going for it. Absolutely. Yeah, they. Um, I think Darren's messages a few times as well that. If, if there's a half a chance you can carry the ball in and create something, that then go do it. Maybe it's that sort of temporary style that he's brought to the table, that a very sort of direct approach. Fellas like Niall McKenna has maybe been a bit unheralded throughout this campaign, mm. that he's he's created so much. He's got a few goals himself. I think back to the game in, in Carlo, and a penalty came out of one of his runs. He set up Donald for the equalising yeah. goal, James McLaughlin as well, and able to penetrate and break the lines has, has been massive, and I suppose the prolific Connor McCann, we'll call him now, um, with all the goals mm-hmm. he scored. And um, we're chatting to him today about that. And he's just, you no, know, I'm just lucky to be in the right place at the right time for these things. But it's getting into the positions. But all the work's coming from out the field, fellas winning ball and breaking lines to, to create those, you know. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's it's probably that movement and that kind of goal threat that's coming from all over the pitch as well. Like, you know, it's not just. You know, it's not just those lads, it's not just uh, Connor or that there, but it is the likes of Dan McCloskey, King Clark and that are coming in with them too, and it's really been spread well throughout the team. Absolutely, and, and kind of just to touch on what David said there, the, the, the style of play that Anton have developed this year um, allows that. So it does, you know, that they go in and they fight like dogs for the ball in the, in the middle of third, but as soon as they get that, they're breaking the lines, they're creating space, and there was at one point, I, I think it was against Westmeath, uh, up in Corrigan Park, where it, just every ball that they were getting, they, they were cutting through them, and it looked like they, they could just score goals at well. So it was, and that that has been, uh, yeah, a massive factor in how Antrim have heard this year. Has been, you know, we, we were down in Carlo for that game, and there was five goals win. I think there was one or two in the first half, and there could have yeah. been a few more, but from a few, a few dragbacks, and one or two went awry, like, but... You're right, you know, every time they've kind of went for goals, it looks like it's it's that song. Yeah, and actually, you mentioned that there, David. I think I think the, the Carlo game and I would say the league final against Kerry are two brilliant examples of Antrim with a newfound attitude this year, you know, where the heads didn't drop, which, yep. you know, has happened in the past, of course, and it's happened a lot of teams in the past. But, you know, when the goals go in against them or they get pegged back or they get, you know, they they go behind it, you know, teams teams can drop the head. But if you look at the league final, I think especially the Carlo game, but I think the league final especially where Antrim were and Brendan, I think you said it, they were comfortable in stages, you know, and but then you know, when Kerry came back and they got closer and closer, Antrim went up the other end and got another goal. And it's just a wee bit of a different attitude this time around, it seems. Has been, yeah. We think back that league final, I think Mickey Boyle got the goal for Kerry in the first half. Um Connor McCann found the net within two minutes in response. Yeah. Um Kerry got their second, just to kind of bring them back in. Conway had a had a free that dropped and dipped into the goal. Again, Antrim up the field and uh, James McNaughton cracked yeah. him one straight away. Just you know, I just kind of rock Kerry back in their heels every time they thought they were getting back into it. Andrum kind of found a response, and you're right, you know, heads haven't dropped. It's sort of, if, if you can do it, we can do it better. Seems to be the attitude, you know. We could take that back even further to the game in Tullamore against yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, you know, true. Andrum, yeah, probably was their first performance of the year um, against it. You know, that was a very good Offaly side. Um, we looked dead and beaten going into injury time, but you know, two late goals and and that was that. Like you know, that just shows that this team, 
is it wrong to call it the cushion doll spread where they never know that whenever they're beaten you know cushion doll have been <laughs> renowned for that over the years and uh, and definitely have developed that this year yeah, and I think actually, just even on that, actually, the Offaly game was something that I, I completely forgot about, I suppose, because it's that long ago now, but it is true, you know, it's the same group of players, it's the same management, it's, it may have been, feels like a different season, but it was this year, Um, and then even if you look at that there, it's probably, it probably, it probably, Stands to them a wee bit in that you know it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a great performance from them but you know they still came out with the draw that was necessary that then contributed to them going up um, as well. No, well looking at the league this year, year Connor, um, they played Mayo, Meath, and Kerry before playing Offaly, and the spread of scores throughout against Meath and Mayo and uh, and Kerry as well was it was there that you know that in years previous we we were so reliant on on Neil McManus. Um, one of the, this may sound silly, but one of the disappointing things against Offaly that day down at Tullamore was that that spread of scores wasn't there. If you, you know, we were so mm. reliant on Neil again, but mm. um, Neil got the goal and Conor McCann got the goal to, to, to give us a, well, we kind of robbed the point that day. Um, but uh, going on from that there, you know, whenever you look at the McDonough Cup and all, all these here games uh, have been without Neil McManus, which is, is incredible considering how much we've relied on him throughout the years. Yeah, and and again, it's just a great demonstration, I suppose, of the squad depth as it's went on. Um, yeah. David, David, looking into the, you know, whenever they did come into the campaign, going from week to week, playing, you know, game on game, um, with very little downtime in between it, it's it just really seems they're just on that crest of a wave. Like winning the league final was the best thing they could have done, not only just obviously for promotion, but just even to set them up for the Joe McDonough campaign. It did yeah, I think the. The objective at the start of the year was get promotion from the league. Um, Darren was chatting about this today as well, and you know the league was there was a be all and end all. Once McDonough Cup wasn't mentioned, he said, but once we got after the uh, after the final whistle down in Tullamore that day, it was okay. Let's just give this a crack and see what happens. And they went in on a high, despite all the COVID stuff going on, and the performance against Westmead was unbelievable it, you really didn't see that one coming because the struggle against Westmead big time over the years I think hadn't beaten yeah, them since yeah. 2014 but didn't just win but won in style um went then down the car the following week and I think we noticed it looked a bit tired and a bit jaded it was not the Definitely same quite the same sort of zip about them there was just a wee half yard or so wasn't there it was just the accumulation of minutes and big big tough bruising games in three consecutive weekends you know but it's been kind of lucky the way it's fallen. It's been every other week since, and there's that bit of freshness. Yeah, yeah. Just been going from game to game and sort of relying on muscle memory. They've had a bit of time just to you know, bring themselves back down and then kind of get back up for the next one. So it's really sort of helped. And that's always been a little bit fortunate, just the way that they, they've had the breaks over the last number of weeks. Yeah, and you've you've you know, you're saying you're speaking to Darren Gleason today, and presumably you've spoken to him a few times over the over the course of the year. Um. What's kind of come across to you from him, like kind of obviously set out, you know, the goals was for the league, but um, what what sort of impression you get from him in terms of the impact, you know, we can see on the pitch kind of there as well, but is there anything else that you kind of notice in the way he kind of approaches this thing and approaches, obviously he's, he's travelling the miles anyway, you know, to, to do the jobs for one? He is, yeah. He's, I think professionalism, people, a lot of people would say, brings a real kind of professional attitude to it. He's coming from an All-Ireland winning background as a player, and of course he's involved with with Tip in the back room for a bit last year as well when they won Liam McCarthy. And um, 
you, you can kind of see that the players just really buy in to what he says. You know, you think in years gone by, maybe if fellas weren't getting a role in the team, they would have disappeared off the panel. Yeah. This year, they're getting 32 a training week in, week out. So what he's bringing is a lot of enthusiasm, and the fellas are really buying into what he's what he's saying. They're believing in it. You can kind of see it in the performances. Um, they were even like sitting in the stands and fellas kind of just roaring encouragement to one another throughout games. That um, I suppose maybe it's a bit easier this year because there's no fans that kind of drown it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Dave uh, kind of nailed it there. That it's belief. I think it's the key word. That there's a, a belief in Darren and the management team and these here players, but the, the players also believe in what they're doing and and the route that they're going with Anton Hernan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, even like this back about a year ago, <clears throat> I was chatting to one of the fellas and. Saying Garen's just taken over, it's like, oh, what's it like? It was a oh, gentleman, really good fella, really looking forward to getting going this year. So, even from those initial stages, you can kind of see the fellas were just chomping at the bit. And I suppose if you're going to listen to a guy who's won a couple of All Ireland medals, I mean, who, who else are you going to listen to? So, it sort of brings that to the table and that know how that he's been there, he's done it, and the players are thinking, well, so we want to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and it's probably that bring that professional atmosphere that kind of players want to be a part of and like it's a good point made you know like in years gone by players would have you know dropped off the panel and that if they weren't playing every week and that but there there does seem to be real evidence of that kind of buy-in there with the squad oh, absolutely the, the the players have definitely bought into it this year so they have uh, but believe it or not it, we kind of touched on this year uh today whenever we were up in corrigan that uh, covid could have had a lot to do with that too um mm. The fact that uh, the guys were having to do, I think they called it Zoom gym sessions. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. They were doing their own Zoom gym sessions, but they were sending through their stats. And, the, you know, everybody kept in touch, I think, from the initial lockdown in March. And uh, they took two weeks off where everybody sort of did their own thing. And then from that there, there was um, individual plans sent out to all the players. And, and Darren was in touch with, with the whole panel from that. And I, well, it's my own opinion that that type of thing can kind of galvanise and, and create a team spirit. Yeah, and I, th- I think like it's it's all about how teams react, you know, and I think the the lockdown period and all in the middle of the season, obviously no one saw, saw it coming and you've seen different teams um, not cope with it well, you know, or, you know, that have, you know, had negative per results after um after it. So I suppose the Antrim footballers obviously had their you know, um their result against Wicklow and that were managed to recover in the following week. But then there's other teams who, you know, who, who didn't really impress. Um David, this game this game's gonna be this is a wee bit different format obviously this year. This game's gonna be a curtain raiser to the All Ireland yeah. uh, hurling final, the Liam McCarthy Cup. Well so like I mean that is a bit of a showpiece. Okay, there's not going to be any fans in the stadium, but Okay, it would have been nice to do the usual route of getting into the, you know, getting to play in the Liam McCarthy after winning the Joe McDonough Cup. But surely that there as a as a as a carrot for these players too is something to be something to be aiming for as well. Absolutely, I think actually when they they brought out the fixtures just for the revised fixtures for post lockdown, and you saw that this final is going to be played as the curtain raiser. I think everybody's eyes lit up. I'm going, hold on a minute, this is a massive opportunity, and um, I'm sure the players were exactly the same. The chance, you know, the McDonough Cup, we've watched it the last lot of years. It's a great competition. The games yeah. are all kind of nip and tuck, very high quality, but it doesn't really get the attention that it deserves. Whereas this final, the eyes of the hurling world is going to be on this. Everybody, there's no there's no other distractions on the day. People are going to tune in. They're going to, going to see what Antrim's about. They're going to see what Kerry's about as well. 
and this kind of standard of hurling as well. So for Antrim, it's a it's a massive opportunity, just not to show what they can do, but once they go up, maybe hopefully if they do go up into Leinster next year, that there'll be a bit more people talking about them, there'll be a bit more focus, there'll be a bit more focus on Antrim hurling. It'll kind of bring the whole bring the whole thing along a lot more, you know. Yeah, and Brendan, I suppose it's this year is very much. I suppose maybe in previous years, Joe McDonough was always great for for the counties to win, but but it was more of a it was almost like a qualifier stage to get you through to play against the likes of Dublin or that you know that they should have done in recent years. But this year, it's a real showpiece, and I suppose it's I suppose it's marking those successes like the league final and for both Antrim and Kerry going into this game, this is a, an end of season final. You know, there's nothing else to be played after this, and that probably really adds to it as well. Absolutely. Uh, if you're looking, my opinion that it's the the McDonough Cup should always have been the curtain raiser for Liam McCarthy. Um, uh, just my opinion. I, I think that um, winning the McDonough Cup this year and being in the Leinster Championship next year, um, I think would be incentive enough. Uh, along with the fact that you'd be playing an All Ireland final day, um, it, it's massive. There's no two ways about it, and it, it's going to be huge. It's a huge, huge day. I suppose the big thing is that the players get into this. The fact that it's all Ireland final days, usually play before the Leinster final. But then again, it's the players. You don't want to play the occasion either. So what do mm. you do? Big, do you big it up at your own all Ireland final day? Or do you say, do you know what, it's just another game. It's another field. Just go and win the thing. Because the prize then is obviously promotion. Yeah, I suppose it's more for us to big up, really, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than the players themselves. And I'm sure um, <laughs> I'm sure Darren's not bigging up anything at all. I'm sure if he's for chatting to him earlier. No, definitely. <laughs> that's, not a game of that's it. Which is the same dimensions and, and all the rest of it. Like, But yeah, you've yeah. got to keep the feet grounded. And it's obviously masking out the Crow Park. It doesn't matter that there's not going to be anybody there apart from, I suppose, extended panels and, and so on. Like, But um, yeah, for the players, it's just, you know, don't get swept away by the whole thing. And and just try and finish off what's been a, a I suppose a magical year really in in Fence Dad. Well, I think yeah. that this is where Darren's experience of being there and done that with Tipperary is, is going to come in too. Uh, you know, it's he's pushed to get the the media commitments out of the road so that from here on in that's all that their sole focus is going to be on the the carry game um, and keeping the lads completely focused on that. Um, but he, you know, he's been there, he's done that, he, he knows what to do from here, and it's good that. We have that kind of experience in the background to help us out. Yeah, I'm um, just looking at the. Um, I suppose we've talked a wee bit about the the, the campaign so far for for Antrim. Um, David, like for you, like who stood out there from across that? I know we've named. I mentioned a couple of players there, but and you mentioned obviously Nal McKenna is one who's maybe has been um, underrated as well. Like who's who's really stood out for you and really supposed stood up to to this campaign to help get Antrim through to this. Yeah, I mentioned now McKenna. Brennan mentioned Clarkie earlier on. He's been absolutely flying. He got his chance and he's really taken it. Connor McCann has found that goal scoring touch has been been incredible. But I think a lot of it comes from from the half back line. I think the half back line has been very, very strong and very consistent in all the games. Paddy Burke goes through a mountain of work. Um Jared Walsh um on one side and it's been Joe Maskey mostly in the other. I think Ryan McGarry played down in down in Navin last weekend, but those three have been very, very strong in midfield too. You know, Campbell, it just um, he just he doesn't make too many bad decisions in a game, and um, puts his body in, wins a lot of turnovers. And Keelan Malloy's really blossomed, I think, as a midfielder. He, he's kind of really maturing as a hurler. So that sort of middle sector has been incredible. Also, have to mention Stephen Rooney. He, he was absolutely brilliant the weekend there. Um, yeah. Maybe the fellow maybe doesn't get the credit that he that he maybe deserves, you know. But I think he's been very, very good. His distribution's amazing. 
I think it, I think his distribution of the forwards is, is, is outstanding. What about for yourself then, Brendan? Um, that's kind of sitting on the fence stage, is it? Because it's really, really difficult to, to, <laughs> to narrow it down to any one individual. Um, defensively, I would have to 100% agree with Dave. The half-back line have, have been immense. Uh, Paddy Burke has has grown um, into that role at centre-half. He's been one of Antrim's best performers, performers this year. Um, Owen Campbell in midfield. Um, I, I just love the way the man plays hurling. You know, he, he always seems to find space, you know, and to spray the passes out. But Dave kind of touched on it as well, his decision-making. I think it's one of the things that he has developed even more this year. Um, more often than not, he's making the right decision. Um, Half-forwards is where the dynamism comes in. You've got the power and pace of Niall McKenna there. You've got the... The dancing feet of James McNaughton, you know, and you've got Keelan Malloy, you've got Michael Bradley, you know, there's so many. So there is, and I think that's one of the, the great aspects of this year team that they're not relying on any one person to be doing the damage or to be carrying them defensively or that. There, you know, I, I've just named about seven or eight players there, and I, I haven't mentioned Matty Donnelly yet. Yeah. Who's, he's, you know, he, he's a born full back he's brilliant in there there's, there's no nonsense but one of the things that shines for Matty is his distribution yeah it's second to none I think yeah the um yeah no very true and I, and I think even looking at the team there there is that and David you mentioned it about um Joe Maskey being swapped out for Ryan McGarry you know in the last day and that and there has been the odd you know positional switch there and swoops up in the full forward line too um but um do you, do you think the team there david that, that played maybe the um the not the Meath game but the, the the Kerry game before that will be the team that will be starting in the final i think it's very very hard to drop anybody um because yeah. he's really done anything wrong you know and i know there's a few just mentioned there that um ram mcgarry came out the weekend and keelan didn't play he had no brand started ahead of yeah. him and um McAllister, he started ahead of um, Brian Elliott. I nearly said Shane Elliott there. <laughs> <laughs> he started ahead of him as well, so he did. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, um, there's Neil McManus. Is he going to be fit? Will he play? Where will he play if he does come in? Um, I'm not too sure. I think there's a lot of big calls are going to have to be made over the next um, over the next week and a half to see who actually does take the field on Sunday week. Um, I wouldn't like to be picking that team, but I can't see there being too many changes, to be honest. Like the back seven's been fairly settled, midfield has is pretty it's pretty settled as well. And who do you drop on the forwards? Like Michael Bradley with not eight the weekend. Do you drop him? Yeah. Do you drop McKenna for his direct rolling? Do you drop James McNaughton? I mean, who drops out here? I'm not not too sure. Brendan, what do you think? Um, um, <laughs> Don't ask it's, it's, it's a, it's a, no, it is a tough one, I suppose. And like like you said, like you you lads coming in there against me, who you know, and me weakest team in the group but still the lads put in the performance it would have been very easy to drop off you know against a team who you know had already really nothing to play for in that case absolutely like the thing about the Meath perform game and performance was how relentless on them were um yeah. they had the game won uh, but they just kept going to they really put their throat their their foot to the, the Meath throat and had them be the jugular uh well who's going to be starting 15 um that Darren said today that you know that it's it, all the positions are open and yeah. 
it's who puts the effort in everything in training between now and 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 Sunday. Uh, I, uh, if you're pushing me, I think that uh, the likes of Dan McCluskey, Connor McCann, Clarky, impossible to drop. Um, half forward line, you're you're looking at James uh, Niall McKenna is probably one of the first names in the team sheet due to his performances this year. A lot of his work has gone relatively unnoticed. It's only whenever I've came home and and uh, watched matches back again that you see McKenna was involved in that as well. He's just involved in so much that you can't drop him. Um, it's Michael Bradley, James McNaughton. There's your front six, and as Dave kind of touched on, you know that the the back seven's been pretty much settled all year. Um, midfield, I'd be surprised if it's not uh, Owen Campbell and. Um, Killing providing this, but killing Malloy. Yeah, and that's the thing as well about about Darren Brendan is whenever he says, you know, you know, the team is kind of, you know, they they have to they have the right to earn the place over the next week or so. You'd believe him in that there as well in terms of the way he's chosen the team and giving boys perform or places based on performances. Absolutely, one hundred percent. He's shown that he's not about fear to make about the big and hard calls. So he has he's shown that there th- throughout the year. Um, that there was guys involved against Kerry who weren't even part of the panel against Meath. Um, so, look, it, it really is all in um, what what happens in the training pitch between now and then. Yeah, and I think um, I think David, we you know we, we need to be mentioning the impact that uh, Donald Nugent's made off the bench. You know, in numerous games, the Carlo game obviously away um, was a big factor uh, in that game. Obviously, we mentioned now McKenna's role in the goal, but obviously you know Donald um, applied the finish uh, very well. I suppose is to his signature style at this stage. Um, yeah. Um, what about his impact then? Because obviously the league final as well, he had a pretty significant impact there too. Yeah. He did, yeah. He was an absolute handful, if you think, just the first couple of minutes after the second half. He, he nearly did one of his overhand specials into the net. I think <laughs> post came down off it. But, yeah, Donald, he's, he's a big man to bring in um, if if, not, if he doesn't start. And ordinarily, you would think that Donald Nugent would start in this team. And there'd be a lot of fellas who won't start. You would nearly think that, you know, they're, they're well capable of starting. Um but having something like to bring in, if you need to change it a bit, if you need that physical presence at the edge of the square, you have it with Connor McCann, who can maybe who can drop out, or Donald can play wing forward too. You know, he's not he's not an out and out full forward. He can be versatile and play anywhere else. Um, but to have that sort of physicality, and Kerry's a pretty physical side. Um, I know himself and Finn and McCassie had a bit of a set too, maybe just under the under the dugout there. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the game up in Corrigan Park, well, it wasn't too much in it. I think it was just having a bit of a, a bit of a rattle into each other, like. But Donald does bring that sort of physicality that that could well be needed at some point in the game, and just to have that that brute strength and and he, you know what he can do, but he only needs the one hand, you know, <laughs> that he can do. Yeah. He can easily. You need a goal, you bring him in. He's he's more than capable of getting it. That's the thing, but back Donald, you know that he's brute strength. Uh, power, uh, my God, the man's got the touch of an angel. So yeah, yeah. You know, the, he, it's incredible that just it's so unexpected. You know that his his touch, his hand, you know, hand speed, everything. It's mm-hmm. he's such an asset for Andrew Hernan. He really is. Yeah, and there's probably no greater example than obviously bringing the county semi final this year. You know the impact there he had in that game against Lockheed. Uh, <laughs> I still, you know, that's. That was an incredible game. Um, has he, you know, the, 
whenever he went down at that time, there was a squill went out in that, and the hair went up in the back of my neck. So that I thought, oh my God, this man's badly injured. The game's going to be off here for five, ten minutes until he gets sorted. Um, <laughs> the, the St. John's physio went running past me at one point, and I called him. I says, what's happening with Donald? He says, oh, he's playing on. <laughs> what you know? So what are you talking about? He says I've told him that he has to come off, but he wouldn't listen to me. Uh, so what was that? About fifteen, twenty minutes into the first half, that was he, he went on and scored three goals, three points. So two of those goals with one arm. That was like they talk about Roy of the Rovers. That it wouldn't do it justice. So when um, Donald's performance that day was. But it was once in a lifetime type thing. No, I could be proved wrong. <laughs> but I genuinely don't think I'll ever see anything like that again in the Harlem Fizz. No. Yeah, it was just that was incredible, really. Like, and he nearly had another one where he kind of he pulled overhead and just the start of the second half and just whistled over the bar. You know, we could have another goal right now. Yeah. He was probably trailed down. He might have had a penalty on top of it. So yeah, it was just really late in the game. Yeah. Just one of those before one of those performances. Yeah, you're right. That just just you probably never see the thing again. Really, like. With, Playing on through that kind of an injury. Yeah, no, it's definitely, and if you think about that, and that, that probably goes back to like you were mentioning, David, about you know, you know, he could be starting, you know, as yeah. well, like you know, and I suppose it's just a great demonstration of the Antrim squad depth this year, um, and how that's, um, you know, uh, playing out for them. Um, the the Antrim Kerry game, Corrigan was obviously there was a bit in it as well between the teams, um, you know, physicality that way, and I suppose Kerry coming up. You know, having just been beating the league final, they were wanting to make an impression. Is that familiarity between the players now? They're probably most weeks, most matches marking the same player the odd time. Yeah. Is that familiarity will certainly bring a bit of a, an extra bite to this game? Not not even for the fact that it is obviously an All-Ireland final. Yeah, those, I think, familiarity breeds contempt a small bit. Like, and I'd say there's nothing these fellas don't know about each other at this stage, you know. I think I remember at the start of the second half at Corrigan Park and Kerry, the chip three goals in the first half and maybe showed a, f- a few signs of me trying to get back into it. And you saw they were very pumped up for the start of the second period. I think it withdrew Mickey Boyle out from full forward to centre forward. That sort of gave their forward line a bit more of a bit, I don't know, it, it seemed to click a bit more, you know. But yeah, you, you could see there was a few more kind of dunsking in there was in previous games and maybe fellas getting to know each other a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit overly familiar. But you think in a final, that would be kind of put out the window. I mean, nobody's going to want to be the the fella to do something stupid to get, you know, potentially cost their team a, an All-Ireland title. Yeah, Brendan, your familiarity, you've, you've been at all the games, you've been down to the Tralee game as well, obviously, um, pre-lockdown. Um, is it something that we, are we, you know, Kerry, Kerry have brought something probably a wee bit different each time. Is there, are we going to see anything different or are we going to see an Antrim victory on, on Sunday? <laughs> No, of course we're going to see an Anton victory and <laughs> stay positive, Connor. Come on. No uh, yeah, look, I'd, I'm a confident uh, as we're talking right now. Yes, I am. Uh, if you're talking to me five minutes before throwing, um, I'd not be as confident, but that, that's just me. Um, yeah, look, Dave kind of touched on it there. Uh, Kerry made changes at halftime in Corrigan, uh, where Maggie Boyle came out and onto the quarter line. They brought on, I think it was Morris. So Connor, I think it was come on to the inside forward line and look, he looked sharp, he looked nippy, he, he looked like a guy that if you gave him the right delivery, um, he could do damage. Um, I'd be surprised if, if they don't go along those lines again. Um, but 
you know, it's, I can't see them varying away too much from what we've already seen from them this year. I really can't. Um, they had to change things around slightly um, due to the first half performance by Antrim in Corrigan Park. Um, bear in mind, Antrim played against the Breeze that day as well uh, in the yep. first half. Um, and the, the, they really just blitzed Kerry. So they did that opening salvo was, was incredible. Um, it, it's going to be close. Uh, the big open spaces in Crook Park, I think if Antrim get it right, obviously. Um, It'll suit them. The the pace and power and running from the the, the half forward line again, uh, and then the distribution of Rowan Campbell and and, and Keelan Malloy if he's fit. Um, it, it just Crook Park will be the perfect area for him. So well, um, yeah, that I, I think Andrew will win. Um, it's probably going to be a lot closer than what the the previous three meetings have been so far. Yeah, David, over for yourself, would you be predicting an Antrim victory? Yeah, um, of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> predicting and wanting is two different things. No, obviously it's very tough, you know, for a fourth time of the year. And Kerry, I suppose I'd be thinking it's about time that they put one over an Antrim and stuff. But Antrim just always seemed to kind of have the answers in these games. You look back at the Kerry team that played at Curry, and I think when he started, you would really think we're missing was a big Michael O'Leary. He's a big physical another big physical player they could maybe bring in, um, whether he goes into the into full forward and they try and sweep in around him and try and get Conway and so on the bricks. But Antrim have been very, very good, and I'm sure they'll have a plan for that, and they'll have plan for all eventualities. They'll have a plan A and a plan B, and a C, most likely. But I think Brandon's right, the open spaces, if you get like a nice ball into Kieran Clark and he gets in the turn, I mean, who's going to stop him with with a bit of, a bit of grass in front of him? Um, the movement... The pace of it, um, it does point to an Antrim victory. As long as it perform, I, I don't see why they can't. Yeah, okay. Well, saying the two is you're both predicting Antrim victory, I'll put this one to you to make it a wee bit more difficult. So, Brendan, if you had to pre- you had to predict who would be man of the match, who would you go for? <laughs> saying that you couldn't even pick a standout player, <laughs> you can try that. The 15th, because you're looking to pick man of the match. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you're man of the match, uh, an Antrim victory... Uh, everything going how everything rosy. Um, okay, Niall McKenna, there's my man of the match. Um, okay. Let's see yeah. how it goes. Let's see how it plays out. David, over yeah. yourself. Um, I would think from that kind of sector of the field as well, but I'll, I'll go with Owen Campbell just because of, of the work he does and the way he can maybe kind of drive the whole thing forward. Okay, and for the record, I'll go for Conor McCann then, just just to kind of spread it around the field there, so so we have it for someone different. Um, Brendan, David, look, thanks yep. very much for joining me. Um, it's been nice. great. It's been great looking back at the year that Andrew's had, and obviously looking ahead to the the final too. So yeah, thanks very much for for taking the time to to chat to me about it, and uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Absolutely. You're welcome, Connor. Thanks very much thanks for the invite, buddy. Good man. Thanks now. New glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. 
Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyler Tsaitis. I'm Khaled Sinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 